morning. Our scripture this morning comes to us from a little tiny book that's towards the end of the New Testament called 2 Peter. And it's 2 Peter chapter 3, verses, 5, verses 8 through 15a. Hear now these words from 2 Peter. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Father God, as we hear these words, maybe for the first time and maybe for the thousandth time, Lord, let their meaning dawn anew on our hearts and our minds and our actions. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Bill and I are always saying, if they had asked us, we would do things this way. Or if they had asked us, we'd do things that way. And they didn't ask me about the themes for Advent. But had they asked me about the themes for Advent, I think that one of those themes would be wait. Don't you think that's appropriate? <laughs> It is there in most, if not all, of our Advent readings for the season. In our text today, to wait talks about the way that we think about time and the second coming of Christ. How are we going to live knowing, knowing that Everything we see, that we hear, that we touch, that we smell, will be gone. Will be gone. Everything will be gone but God. In the second coming, all thoughts 
will be on him and him alone. And waiting is important. Easy answers and simple solutions to things only produce a very shallow conviction, if you will. One without character or depth. And I think from my 64 years of experience that one of the most difficult things for us as Christians to do is to wait on God. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Why is waiting, though, so important? Why is it so important? Because believe it or not, that is what God wants us to do. That is what God wants us to do. He wants us to wait so that he can continue to change us, to develop us into more of what we can be and what we can be in his sight. I want you to think back for just a moment to that <laughs> moment in time or maybe moments, not everyone has that quick change of heart. Some people grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ through years and years. But I want you to think when you begin to be conscious of your relationship with Jesus Christ, are you that same person now that you were then? I know I am most certainly not. And it's because of the waiting that we are different, that we are who we are now. And I dare say we have yet to arrive because we are still here waiting. And we're still here talking about the second coming of Christ. Waiting in faith is easier said than done. Now, if I was a preacher that called on and demanded an amen after every sentence that I made, I might say, can I get an amen? <laughs> Waiting in faith is easier said than done. <laughs> How in the world do we live wait in the face of the knowledge that even this very earth and the heavens above will dissolve, will disappear. Wednesday morning during Bible study, Nancy, and I hate to, to, to bring this out without letting you know ahead of time, but Nancy Wheeler made a comment and it is such a comment of truth. She, she was talking about how many times we read Scripture and sometimes when we read Scripture that we've read and known before, we see new things. We discover something new in the Scripture text. And that is such a statement of truth. When I began looking at this text for this morning, 
Y'all, when I begin my sermon preparation and I start with scripture, I'm, I'm usually in my quiet place early in the mornings, and I'll read through the scripture. Sometimes it will grab me by the heart, and I have to think on it for a bit. Well, this time when I read this scripture text, I was in awe of what I read. And it truly was like I was reading it for the first time. So I've spent an awful lot of time this week not just studying for today, but praying for and letting things kind of Somebody's favorite word is to ruminate inside of me. So this scripture text has ruminated, if you will, inside of me this week. And it has left me with a powerful message and some powerful imagery. You see, Second Peter gives us two main reasons to hold on in faith to our waiting on the second coming. And y'all may find this hard to believe, but my thinking is not God's thinking. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> my judgment calls are not God's judgment calls. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our God's ways. What seems slow in coming to us is nothing to God. Bill and I were talking and you know, since the time the scriptures were written, the disciples knew and thought and felt and acted that at any time after Christ's resurrection, that they would see the second coming in their lifetime. And as Bill said, every generation has that feeling, that thinking, that Christ's second coming is going to come in their lifetime. And we've said it before, uh, there are people that capitalize on that, that talk about the date and the time and the place. You know what? <laughs> They're thinking it isn't like God's either. Our ways are not God's ways. And we have heard these things for years. We know these words. We know this scripture. But for some reason, maybe that only God knows, today, this morning, this scripture and that thought is important. It's important. God is holding back. He's, he's holding off judgment. Why? Because he loves us 
And he wants to give as many of us as humanly possible the opportunity to come to know him, to come into a relationship with him. He loves us that much. So he gives us time. He has been giving us time since the disciples to come to knowledge of the gospel, to come to that time of repentance, to come into that time of living solely for him, solely for him. And so he waits patiently, <laughs> unlike us who seem to wait so impatiently. What I think is interesting about this is God's concern is for us. It's not about some holy, eternal timetable that has to be fulfilled. It's about us and his love for us and our future. Have you ever thought about how you want God to find you when that time comes? The scripture here says you will be found by God. Have you ever thought about how you want to be when God finds you? Are you living right now the way that you want God to find you? One of the things that stood out to me about this scripture was that part that says, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness? Now, if you will notice, it says, leading lives of holiness and godliness. Not just living, but leading. Now, if someone is going to lead, that means that there are others somewhere that are going to follow. Who are you leading by your lifestyle that you're living right this moment? Are you leading them to eternal life? Are you just leading them along? I know that it truly is easier said than done. We are to live fully, we're told, over and over in the scriptures, fully during this time of waiting we are to live holy do we understand what that means does that mean holier than thou I don't think so I don't think so we are to live godly does that mean that we are to be God to the people that are following us no 
throughout history, we've seen how that has worked, haven't we? We are promised once again in this scripture that the second coming is indeed going to happen. But the reminder is it's just not going to happen in the way and the time that we have convinced ourselves that it's going to. It's going to be his plan, his way. And isn't the reality of that truth well worth the wait? I think so. I think so. It's worth the wait, and it gives me more and more opportunity to live a more godly life, a more holy life. It's that second chances that I'm always so in favor of. God is a God of second chances, not just second comings. So is it easier said than done? Absolutely. But the benefits of the wait are out of this world. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for this Oh, so timely reminder, Lord, especially in the midst of this Advent season, especially during this time when we live in a hurry-up world. Father, give us patience to live more holy and more godly for you, Lord, and for your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.